What'd you say you played? Folk songs. Folk songs. I said you were a musician. Inside Lewin Davis, the new film from the Coen brothers, the Academy Award-winning creators of Fargo and No Country for Old Men, starring Oscar Isaac, Kerry Mulligan, Justin Timberlake, and John Goodman. The Guardian's Peter Bradshaw gives the film a glowing five-star review, calling it one of the Coen's best. Inside Lewin Davis, in cinemas January 24th. The Guardian. Hello, I'm Alexis Petridis. And I'm Kieran Yates. This week, a 2014 special as we look forward to the coming year in the company of FKA Twigs, Donick, Teleman, Rainy Milo, Courtney Barnett and East India Youth. That's all here on Music Weekly from The Guardian. Ah, oh, happy new year to you all. I, I come to you in a jaded, jaded I'll be honest with you, I'm jaded. I, I, my, my youngest daughter has norovirus, and to paraphrase Daft Punk, I was up all night to catch sick in a saucepan. <laughs> um, it was bad, but Michael Han is here to enliven, enliven things. Hello Alexis, I wasn't up all night um, catching any vomit from anybody. <laughs> Pleased to hear it. Did you both have a nice Christmas and New Year? Yes. It's very qualified, yes. You're not saying anything. It, it, was, it was fine. It was very nondescript. I spent a certain amount of it watching football in miserable weather conditions. Excellent. Well, we're certainly looking forward to 2014 with a zingy attitude, the three of us, Whoa, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Bring it on. Bring it on. Let's talk about the news. Um, Lady Gaga has claimed um, that the reason for the failure of Art Pop the failure, relative failure of art, pop is that uh, she was mismanaged. Yes, and that the people around her betrayed her. Although, to be fair, art pop was a big hit for one week and then plummeted down the charts. I don't think it was even in the top 40 best-selling albums of the year. Wow. Um, but yes... Um, Why she, did they betray betrayed her in what sense? Um, they told the Romans where they could find her and the Romans <laughs> took her away and uh, put her on a cross. Um... <laughs> It must have, I mean, that was bad management advising her to go on SNL with R. Kelly. Did you see that performance? Well, uh, she was the, the new video, the one that's um, been madly delayed, that's the duet with R. Kelly. Right. And I mean, uh, I've got to say, um, there was a certain amount of speculation before Christmas. Is this video delayed because they're desperately trying to edit R. Kelly out? out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, no, she, uh, Lady Gaga released a statement saying of the video, it is late because just like with the applause video, unfortunately, I was given a week to plan and execute it. Those who have betrayed me gravely mismanaged my time and health and left me on my own to damage control any problems that ensued as a result. She posted that on her Little Monsters site. Um, and she also said, Millions of dollars are not enough for some people. They want billions. Then they need trillions. I was not enough for some people. They wanted more. Wow. <laughs> it's all kind of... It's very, I, I no, it's very doing that. a lot of papers. I imagine wow. she said it out loud in that kind of voice as she typed it. Oh, chills. Um, it's in... Chills. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is interesting. I'm not 100% certain how mismanagement can lead you to write a bunch of songs that weren't as good as previous songs. No, there are um, odd things going on in Camp Gargo. I mean, there was the um, her manager, Troy Carter, departing um, in the run-up to the release of Art Pop. Mm. Although um, people surrounding Lady Gaga, whenever this is mentioned in print, are pains to point out that this has never been officially confirmed. Though when you then say to them, well, here's your chance to officially confirm or deny, mm. they, they say nothing, at which point in the line saying Sean Carter, uh, not Sean Carter, that's Jay-Z, uh, <laughs> Troy Carter has left her, remains in the story. Interesting. Um, 
and yeah, Art Pop was nowhere near the hit that uh, the previous record had been. But the, I think the interesting thing is that you know she was this completely weird pop cultural figure who had some banging pop hits, who happened to intersect with public taste at a yes. particular time, and now public taste is not there. Also, as you say, the songs weren't as memorable this time round. But I think, you know, this has happened before with David Bowie. I mean, it's possible that someone way out there will intersect with the mass taste again at some point in the future. I think that um, if you're in the position that Lady Gaga is in, where clearly the sharks are circling for your career, you know what I mean? You know, I didn't think the album was as bad as people made it out to be. I didn't think it was an amazing record. Um... I think it is sort of incumbent on you not to do this kind of thing. I think it's incumbent on you to just shut up mm. um, because this makes it look loads, loads worse. You get into this kind of culture of blaming other people, da 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 and it just makes it look like everything has gone completely haywire. So you made an album that wasn't as successful as your last one. Well, so that, what? This happens. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's the wrong way around, isn't it? Because... There was a time when Gaga herself, although you wouldn't say it was a low media profile, Gaga herself was fairly mysterious, but her music was everywhere. Yeah. Now she's everywhere, but her music isn't. isn't. Yeah, absolutely. But th- there is that thing about Lady Gaga, I've said this a million times, that if she had, you know, if one tenth of the sort of attention to detail and weirdness and thought and kind of uh, blue sky thinking that had gone into one of Lady Gaga's hats, had gone into some of her album tracks, and uh, she probably wouldn't be where she is now. She'd hire me as a manager. And, uh, as I, often, I don't want trillions. As I often millions like, will do me. As I often like to say, when I was editing film and music, I turned down the first ever UK interview with Lady Gaga on the grounds that, listen, we've got Annie, we've got Robin, we've got yeah. lots of women doing interesting synth pop at the moment. Wow. <laughs> Where's the angle here? Wow. A, A, a decision that ranks up there with my um, pointing out that the band who supported Tad at the Duchess of York in 1989 <laughs> would go nowhere because they had no tunes. They were called Nirvana. It's also that. It's you that told uh, Brian Epstein that bands with guitars are on the way out, wasn't it? It was. So actually, I had to change my name by Deepole from Dick Rowe to Michael Hans some years ago. <laughs> uh, Kieran, uh, uh, Justin Bieber, uh, now unretired, it would appear, mm-hmm. put, put, put back on the, uh, the hamster wheel of... He had a hard year last year, didn't he? He did have a hard year. You know? Um, but it, 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 there is this sort of sense that his album hasn't done as well. His compilation album has yeah. not done as well. Yeah, well, one of the reasons for that is ha- that has been given is, is because he's gone in his sexy R&B direction where he's... Got the, a six pack, six pack, six bag, six pack, six, six bag, six bags, six bag, and six bag. What? Six bags, that's some kind of marijuana thing. No, six, six bags. Six bags is what you get. You get a special discount on that if you buy six bags worth of onions at Morrison's. Ah, uh, I, I, uh, I see. You know, topless six packs, and you know, doing collaborations with Tiger and the likes of that. Mm-hmm. Which you know, those those tracks I think that are quite good, but you know, that is a deviation from his core audience, and so that's probably. One of the reasons, which Jay Sean also said um, at the end of last year, that going in an R&B direction was one of the worst things that he did because people just don't buy it. So I don't know if that's true. That's weird. Well, I thought people I don't did th- buy it again. I, I but I think what he means is that maybe the change in direction people don't buy rather than the genre of R&B. It's I don't an know. Interesting idea. What do you do, though? How do you kind of grow up? Yeah, exactly. What's Justin Bieber? You know? What's the problem? Exactly. You can't, as a, as a teen artist, you can't really grow up until your audience has grown up enough Indeed. to follow. Because you're not, mm. Justin Bieber is not going to win a new credible no, R&B right, audience. Right. And the audience he still has, it, it's still prepubescent fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I 
I may be wrong because I'm not myself a prepubescent girl, but I suspect that going in a hard-edged R&B direction is not necessarily what his existing audience is crying out for. Poor old but Justin. it worked for, for the other Justin, didn't it? Justin, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. He yeah, took quite making... a long gap yeah, yeah, in his career in, uh, in InSync. He'd been in InSync for years. And you know, I mean, and also, and the they'd one... also done that thing already in sync where you know, dreadlocks and tattoos. and You know what I mean? That, yeah. that thing that boy, boy bands always do. We're coming down one direction. And he didn't really push the bad boy thing that far. Cause he sort of went out with Britney and then had a bit of time out of the limelight. And then he just... <laughs> came back well we've got to be honest I mean I think <coughs> has Bieber had what, his day Michael well uh, asking the I, Bieber I, I, expert, feel, I, feel, <laughs> I feel yeah I spent my Christmas day writing about Justin Bieber a new story in the morning then a blog in the evening <laughs> though it did mean I didn't have to join my family watching Downton on Christmas night um, I, I do actually feel a bit sorry for Justin Bieber because as I wrote on Christmas day I think virtually all the things that people take pop sim for are just the thing that teenage kids do, but just writ large yeah. with, with mm. more money and more visibility. You know, we've all been annoyed at the 17-year-old kid down the end of the road who's speeding around the local streets. The only difference between him and Bieber is that he's doing it in a, a nine-year-old Fiesta and Bieber's doing it in a Ferrari. You know, what a segue as well at one point. <laughs> just a bit with Defacing a poster of Bill Clinton, and this became a storm. Oh, for God's sake, when a teenager... Is yeah. being disrespectful to a politician. In what way is that anything out of the the ordinary, no, or I, anything that we shouldn't actually actively encourage and and celebrate? You're very passionate about this. I'm not that passionate. I just get a bit. <laughs> I, I get really fed up of the endless snark. The fact that well, it's a result of us having too much information in the world. Obviously, the far more information than we're actually interested in. So the information mm. we're not that interested, we just go. Tossa yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, wherever it's come from and whoever it's about, and there are re- there are real people at the end of these things. Yeah. I, I, I'm I I genuinely believe, based on my intense study of uh, the words I have officially retired, um, that sacred text of Bieber, the Bieber Bible. I ch- I'm sure that that boy is absolutely sick to death of you know having every single aspect of his life analysed and then covered in scorn I mean it must be appalling and you can say all you like about it. yeah well he made 58 million dollars in the year didn't he so that makes up for it well you know actually maybe money doesn't buy happiness Dave Lee Ross said money doesn't buy happiness it buys you the big yacht that you can use to pull up right alongside happiness that may be true oh, the, the, but, the philosopher David Lee Ross oh you know you know I love David Lee Ross <laughs> can we, um, so I, I, I feel sorry for Bieber I think that's fair enough um Anyway, moving on from Justin Bieber uh, to Metallica, uh, Lang Lang, Lang Lang and Metallica. Yes, this is going to happen at the Grammys um, when Metallica (laughs) will collaborate with Chinese concert pianist Lang Lang. Lang Lang will not be twerking as far as we know. I think it would be better. But it's just this odd thing. Now, the metal community, I know, divides on Metallica. There are people who say... It doesn't really matter what they do now because they were Metallica. There are others who say that you shall not rest on your laurels and that, frankly, Metallica's latter career has become a bit of a joke. But what's uh, what's most astonishing is that I think it, their entire latter career has descended into a series of stunts. Yeah. You know, it's like they, they've dispensed with the meat that goes in the middle of these things. Mm-hmm. And they, they just do the promotional events without anything much to promote. So playing at Antarctica the other week, collaborating with Lang Lang, the Lou Reed Lulu album. Mm. Of course, they did their own. They've already done an album of them with a symphony orchestra. And again, yeah. what is it with heavy metal bands and the desire to work with symphony orchestras? Because it's about bigness, isn't it? It's, it's about, about bigness big and the desire to be taken seriously. Uh, seriously is it, do you think it is? Because they always say we don't care what anyone else thinks about us. Well, if you don't care what anyone else thinks about you, 
Why it's, about you about, it's about grandiose ambitions, though, isn't it? It's always, you know, and it, if you think about uh, history of metal, Deep Purple concerto for a rock group band, an group and orchestra, mm. or whatever it's called. That's kind of the pretty much, you know, that's early days. Dawn of Metal, they were all already at it, so you know. I, I have Kiss's album with a symphony orchestra. I bet that's good. I've, I've never listened to it. I just can't face listening to it. I bet that's a load that, of crap. That great um, interview that Slash said that everything went wrong after Sweet Child of Mine because if he had to hit something about <laughs> something about Axl Rose, like you know, sort of taking many of everything, and then was just like saying the word like strings and violins all night, and he said that he had to like listen to that all night. And he just repeated the words. He was just repeating like. the words to wow. him, and he said that that was the death of Guns N' Roses. Last person you want to take drugs with is someone who's just going to say strings and violins Seriously. all night. Finally, Phil Everly uh, died last week. Um, one of the sort of interesting things, I think, to have come out of, uh, out of his death is that um, there's been a lot of people on the internet uh, and in print as well uh, so reappraising the uh, 1960s, the latter part of the 1960s career of the Everly Brothers. And there's some amazing music out there that is uh, worth your while hearing if uh, the only Everly Brothers stuff you know is kind of Kathy's Clown and Bird Dog and stuff like that. Um, and uh, we're going to play a little burst of it now. Um, this is uh, the Everly Brothers version of White A Shade of Pale. Now you may think you don't need to hear another cover of White A Shade of Pale. Listen to this, it's brilliant. Turned cartwheels across the floor I was feeling kind of seasick But the crowd called out for more The room was humming harder As the ceiling the Everly Brothers there um, featuring the late Phil Everly of course and uh, their cover of White Shade of Pale moving on looking forward we've all brought in um, some examples of music by a couple of artists that we'd either like to see do well or that we're intrigued by or you know just things that we sort of think might make 2014 a marginally brighter place we're going to start with the first of Kieran's choices this is FKA Twigs Kieran, FKA Twigs, tell us a bit about FKA Twigs. FKA Twigs. Um, so the FKA stands for formerly known as because she was formerly known as Twigs. And right. What's she known as now? Did she not think of a new name? <laughs> yeah. she, she's branched out. She yeah! yeah. Thank good. you very much. Um, she uh, was sort of a, a dancer. She was in Jessie J's Do It Like a Dude vis- uh, video. Okay. And she's kind of, you know, been out and about. She's originally from Gloucestershire, but she has, has been on the scene um, for a while, I've, I've kind of seen her um, out at various parties for the past five, couple of wow, years. Wow, it's, it's a circles are moving, amazing. <laughs> yeah, but she, she's quite, like, it's quite a striking look, so she's quite memorable. Right. But anyway, so she um, she released two EPs last year, EP1 and EP2. 
EP2 is the one that contains uh, water. Water me, yes. That was kind of really picked up on Very lots of so. blogs. Um, sort of lots was written about her ethereal take on, you know, twisted melancholic R&B. And it's incredibly soulful, incredibly uh, interesting production-wise. But really, the fact that what she is doing feels like it's, you know, it, it's, it is quite um, tense and, you know, difficult to listen to. At, at points water me is this really beautiful single um which i brought in which i really like because it feels really delicate but actually there's quite a lot of tension and discomfort in it which i think was was quite beautiful it reminds me a bit Mm -hmm. uh in in um in a sort of not particularly in a sound way but a tone way of the first album by tricky uh where there's a lot of that kind of you know something that should theoretically be a kind of uh a sort of lulling you know chilled out listen but there's a lot of disruption De- yeah, definitely. So Loads of dislocation, mm, which I, th- I think works really well. Um, and Water Me is produced by Arca, who also had production credits on Jesus. Um, so that's quite, um, you know, quite big for her, I guess. Um, and she's signed to Young Turks, who are sort of an imprint re- uh, related to XL. So hopefully I think that means that we, we're sort of going to hear more interesting things like this. And of course, there's going to be other R&B women releasing stuff this year. Like- there's a lot of this stuff about now. There is yeah. kind of a lot of this sort of uh, gauzy, sort of melancholic R&B about, is there not? There is. Um, we 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 wrote earlier in the year in sort of one of the first uh, G2s about uh, our acts that we're really excited to see. And I wrote about Banks mm-hmm. um, because she had you know she, a, a slew of kind of really beautiful singles last year, and she's going to I think she has an album out this year, but she's definitely doing a tour, um, a tour that sold out really really quickly, even though she's relatively unknown. Um, and Kalela, who we've spoken about quite a lot, has got an album out this year as well. So I think there's some yeah really interesting women doing stuff. So it will be interesting to see if men are going to catch up. What you mean, like, male artists rather than yeah, male men are going to catch up with us. Yeah, if, if there's, if, yeah, if that's going to be reflected in male artists, but also for sort of British R and B starlets, I'm quite gutting for FK Twigs because it'd be really nice to see some homegrown stuff that isn't just Adele. Wonderful. Moving on, Michael, tell a man. Tell a man about your man. Tell a man. A, a band I came across uh, at the tail end of last year, though, they're, they're, they're single. Well, that, that song we just heard is Steam Train Girl. Which is a great which, record, I think. Which came out at the tail end of last year. I've got to say, Tell a Man passed me by until the end of the road festival when some friends were going to watch them. And I went along for the last 20 minutes of their set and was really, really impressed. They actually spring from the roots of Pete and the Pirates, mm-hmm. the... The indie pop group who were just, they were a bit too clean cut to, for their own good almost. Yeah. Yeah, they, they came across really as primary school teachers who happened to be playing guitars, mm. um, which was kind of slightly off-putting. And there's still a little bit, a bit about Tenement, but what I like about them is uh, <clears throat> is the way they completely unselfconsciously bring in the records they like, where they seem to have nothing to do with each other into their sound. So... While Steam Train Girl is kind of motoric, which is always a great trick to pull, it's also a really easy trick to overplay. 
oh, this sounds great. So we'll do 12 that sound like this. And Teleman don't. And in a weird way, they, they end up sounding like a, some kind of cross between Darren Heyman, Hot Chip, and Noi. And, Which sounds brilliant to me. And, and it all works. But there's really good songwriting in there. I mean, I haven't got their, their album. I've been sent a, a five-track sampler for their album which I keep coming back to. Um, I got sent it uh, late autumn, and it was one of those ones you put on once, you go, this is quite pleasant, then you go back to it again, mm. and now it's getting played a couple of times every week, because there's, there's something quite special there. I don't think that Teleman are going to be um, troubling the Brits Awards scorers in 2015. I can't imagine them no. breaking through to that extent, but there's and clearly there's enough curiosity about them out there that the album sampler was being sent around months ahead of release so right. i don't know maybe but but really it's about the charm for me but it's it's also um about the fact that i'm finding it so hard to find guitar music that i find interesting at Absolutely. the moment now i spent a chunk of christmas uh listening to um some of the bands who i've seeing tipped you know dahlia uh superfood circa waves drowners yeah. and in every case i thought well this is okay mm. you know it's fine but <coughs> i can't hear any particular streak of inspiration in them i mean the drowners the record they sound, like the the strokes. They sound exactly like the strokes yeah. so you think well first howler did this mm-hmm. what, two three years ago and they sounded less I mean, like the strokes and the drowners they sounded a bit actually. less like the strokes and they were better and you know it wasn't and no one was interested um now, given that these bands, that there appears to me to be a certain amount of Gimlet-eyed careerism about them, they're looking right. at the main chances. These are not; they don't sound to me like bands who are doing it because they're so inspired by the love of just making no, crazy noise. No. Um, you think, well, I think you miscalculated everyone. I really do. But the other interesting thing is there are some bands around the periphery of things um, who do sound like they're picking up guitars purely because they love the sounds they make. Now, I've, I've spoken before about Fat White Family. Mm-hmm over here but yesterday I was listening to a new Dublin band called Girl Band oh yes who also were kind of noisy and loud and sounded like they were doing it because they wanted to rather than because they thought if we hone this single we might reach number 18 yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah. Um, but the curious thing is that so many of the things that actually sound interesting at the moment sound exactly like they could have come off the Peel show sometime in the mid 80s and and Telemans have that feeling as well but it's because it doesn't sound so unrelentingly calculated yes absolutely. which is what guitar bands have been for several years yeah now. absolutely i completely agree which brings us to one of my choices um this is a uh, courtney barnett Courtney Barnett, uh, avant-garde. Courtney Barnett is an Australian uh, female singer-songwriter. Her music is... This is a very good representation of what she does, I think. Uh, She's got very funny, very acute lyrics. It's presented in this kind of quite slack style, um, or slacker style, but clearly a lot of thought and intelligence and wit has gone into doing what she does. Uh, There is something I just found memorable and appealing about her voice, uh, I think this is a really good record, and uh, it's it's part of an album that's made up of two EPs uh, that have been put together into one. 
and, and the um, video's really cute, isn't it? The video's pretty she cute. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. The video's kind of cute, cute slash annoying. Yeah, but um, yeah. Uh, based around a sort of tennis match, if you haven't seen it. Um, and uh, I just, I just think that, that she's sort of like what Michael was saying about Teleman to a certain degree. It doesn't sound like someone is doing this because they've thought this is going to play really well. It's going to get them on the B list at Radio One. It just sounds like somebody expressing themselves, which is always a good thing, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so yeah, I think, and I also think that there's something. I mean, yeah, I'm not predicting predicting kind of huge success for Courtney Barnett um, because you want to go look at the charts to see that it's not filled with music like this. But there is something slightly undeniable, and it kind of gets under your skin. And I've ended up listening, particularly to Avant Gardner, a great deal. Um, it's catchy without there really being a chorus. She sounds like a Richard Linklater movie set <laughs> to music, absolutely, um, but very um, Australian also. Well, yes, but but it kind of and that applies not just to lyrics but almost musically as well because mm. it is within conventional structures, but it's kind of slightly ramshackle. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a charm to it. She she doesn't forget the melodies. Um, I know every time I come on here, I say, where are the melodies? Where are the melodies? She doesn't forget the melodies. I, I think it was, that was one of the kind of enormous surprises for me of late last year, the Courtney Barnett double EP mm. thing. It was one of those ones I picked up thinking... Here we it's go. Going to be another acoustic singer song. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly what I thought. Yeah. And it was a, a really joyful little record but the thing is it's kind of so little isn't it it almost mm. it slips out of your consciousness and go oh god I really like yeah. that it's definitely got that again. vibe of a, uh, it's funny though as well isn't it it's, it's got funny, personality witty. she's got a bit of a like a bored delivery which is so nice when you're listening to the pop chart to kind of hear an alternative to that like hyper excitable thing impassioned vocal exactly yes, absolutely right let's move on from Courtney Barnett to Kieran's second choice Dornick I wonder if she remembers just who I be, yeah, yeah. So where will we be in the long run? Will you still love me or be long gone? Get a satisfied needs. I thought I'd be with someone else makes my heart That's Dornick, Kieran. Tell us some, something about Dornick. Um, so I bought in uh, one of his tracks uh, last year, which when you sort of uh, no one really heard lots about him, and people don't really still know a lot about him because PMR, who he signed to, are being quite cagey and quite secretive and trying to maintain a bit of um, a, a sort of an aura of mystery. And one of those very slow moving type campaigns do. Mm. Um, but he was Jesse Ware's ex-drummer and has now decided to sort of go at it alone. Mm-hmm. And he's released these two tracks. This one um, is Rebound, which is the most recent one, which he released just on his SoundCloud in mm-hmm. uh, December. And it's and it's really, you know, it, it's got that really sort of beautiful Michael Jackson type vocal, but it's also got, you know, these really like nice piano type synths and it's, it's very dreamy and it's got, you know, upbeat synth pop elements. And I just think that it's a really good example of one, someone doing 
you know, a producer doing something very interesting in the same vein as we've seen with people like Quabs and MNEK, who are also set to be quite big this year, but also someone using the internet in quite an effective and interesting way, you know, releasing things just on SoundCloud, you know, with you know, the strength of the brand of PMR behind them isn't really much to go on for a new artist, but he's slowly been gathering pace. And I think that that's a really clever way of doing it. And I think that this year artists are going to have to be a lot more canny in the way they use the internet. And this is a good example of that. I think that's that. a very good point, actually, about artists to be canny in the way they use the internet, I think. Um, mind you, you know, I thought that you couldn't really uh, just drop an album you know, yeah. again, I thought, well, Bowie's done that. And yeah. So the Arcade Fire kind of tried everything and didn't really work as well. And then um, Beyonce, well, you know, there you go. So yeah. how, how wrong was that? But I, I completely agree. Um, Michael. Classic cars, this thing of ours. Clico from the vibe. Canaries and cordials Buy a love if all else fails Sales and film reels Four glasses and nice meals From your palazzo To a courtroom Michael, Rainy Milo Yes, that song was This Thing of Ours Which is from her forthcoming album Now, I brought this one in Because I do think actually there's a chance of uh, some proper crossover I can, I can, I can imagine there being a bit of Radio 2 heat behind I this. I think there can be, but well, it, there's also something interesting too. I mean, this isn't music that is, is in my comfort food area. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't turn to this. But what's curious, this is someone singing, she's 18, someone mm-hmm. singing the words of, you know, uh, one of the contemporary, youthful, streetwise mm-hmm people that you know, are frankly ten a penny at the moment, but rather than doing it in front of something that has come from Disclosure or Naughty yep. Boy or Rudimental, she's doing it in front of something that has clearly been taken straight from the late 90s uh, trip-hop um, manual. Or maybe trip, maybe trip-hop's being a little bit unkind, but, um, you know, it's interesting that um, she name-checks Sade as someone who was a bit of an inspiration, on the grounds that she did exactly what she wanted to do, ignoring things that were popular at the time, that she went away and made the music she wanted to make. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, that perhaps gives the imp- those words perhaps give the impression that Rainy Milo is doing something so far left-field. So it's slightly really more avant-garde than it actually is, But yeah. it's not. I mean, it's... It's coffee table music. I, I, I don't mean Ooh. that as an insult. It's, it's, <laughs> I, well, there's so many things that get used as insults and aren't really. What Rainy Mallow's music is comfortable and comforting. Mm-hmm. It's something that doesn't sound out of place. However, when you pay closer attention to what she's singing, I wouldn't say that these are looks filled with urban dread and disquiet and hatred, but it's, it's not bland what she's singing about. I think, the, I think there's the, the germ of a, an interesting lyricist in there, and I think there's also the germ of an interesting career in there. That's really interesting, but that, that, interesting using the word, overusing the word interesting, but that is kind of intriguing in that those artists, when they're interesting, are seldom interesting lyricists. I mean, mm-hmm. Laura Mavula, who's brilliant and a really good example of how you can sort of stick your elbows out and get played on Radio 2 and be a kind of, in inverted commas, coffee table. We're actually making really interesting and in some ways quite avant music. Um, it's about the music. It's not really about her amazing lyrics. Yeah, with, with, with Rainy Milo, I think um, 
the the music, the comforting and easy music is is the Trojan horse yes. to get in her really quite nicely observational lyrics, you know. And also, there's enough kind of an edge there that you know the single she released, I think it's her major label debut single, was called Rats. Now it wasn't actually all about rats or based mm. on a James Herbert novel, but the very fact of releasing a single called Rats as you're it wasn't the cover of the card. Sid Barrett track, was it? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. amazing. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, moving on to my final choice. Uh, this is East India Youth. There's something clinical about me. I scrape my head against the grey sky. I banged on a lot about East Indies, and um, there are people who know are probably sick of hearing about East Indies. East Indies and hookworms are probably sick of hearing about. I really like the notion of East Indies, sort of one-man auteur kind of figure. I suppose in some ways not unlike Donick. Um, but he, um, there's something un... You can't quite put your finger on what he's doing on that debut album, which I really like. There's kind of electronica on there. There's kind of, you know relatively straightforward pop music there's some sort of epic-y proggy kind of structures to things there's a track that sounds not unlike a, a sort of sort of like fleet foxes um it keeps shifting and changing and yet there's something about it um that i can't quite put my finger on that that enables it to work as a record it doesn't just sound like what it is it's, it, the reason it sounds like that is actually it is a bunch of disparate ideas that are recorded over three years and has ended up sticking together as an album there is something about his personality that permeates the music that means that it all sort of works together as a very varied album but as an album nonetheless doesn't sound like a compilation um you you don't as you listen to it you don't quite know what he's going to do next uh which i think is always a positive sign um because that tends to mean that when his next album comes out you don't know what he's going to do next a rare commodity in this world so there you have it, FK Twigs, Donick, Telemann, Rainy Milo, Courtney Barnett, East India Youth. Six things uh, that we've picked that we may, we'd like to see do. I think it's fair to say we'd like to see them all do well, isn't it? So there are six things that have caused us to prick up our ears. Absolutely. Over this Christmas period. Over this Christmas period, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Anyway, that's it uh, for this week. Music with the Guardian. Uh, me and Kieran back next week. We'll see you then. Take care. Bye. What'd you say you played? Folk songs. Folk songs. I said you were a musician. Inside Lewin Davis, the new film from the Coen Brothers, the Academy Award-winning creators of Fargo and No Country for Old Men, starring Oscar Isaac, Carey Mulligan, Justin Timberlake, and John Goodman. The Guardian's Peter Bradshaw gives the film a glowing five-star review, calling it one of the Coen's best. Inside Lewin Davis, in cinemas January 24th. Fare thee well.